Hey everybody, Todd here. Before we begin this episode, I do have a quick preface to it. Um, it was recorded uh, quite a while back, uh, during the right in the middle of the uh, George Floyd Black Lives Matter protests, and but it got uh, held up in the works here for quite a bit. But obviously, it's uh, still relevant today. So, uh, but we wanted to just give you some context as to when it was recorded. Uh, but uh, we do think it's a good listen, so we hope you enjoy it. And here's episode 65. The Paternity Test is a comedy podcast for adults. If you're not a grown-up, get off the internet. It's a horrible place. Hello and welcome to episode 65 of The Paternity Test. I'm Todd Jay in the Chicago suburbs. I'm Dave Engel in Syracuse, New York. I'm Joel Keppel in Savannah, Georgia. And I'm Matt Barese in Chicago. Welcome back to the podcast that can still drink from a glass with only one hand. For now, that is. It was great to hear from, in these past couple of weeks since we came back with the podcast, uh, to hear from so many listeners on various social media platforms. Glad to hear you are surviving and we promise that we will be just as weary and have just as many speech fillers and talk over one another <laughs> as ever. Well, I think we benefit from the fact that everybody has listened to every podcast by now. Like there's no more episodes of anything left to listen to in quarantine. So mm-hmm. they've, they're left with us. Yeah. Today, I think I spent so much time on Twitter. I got to the, the end. <laughs> it just, you just couldn't scroll down any farther. Nope. Would you like to start again at the beginning? <laughs> oh yes, please. <laughs> you go back to tweet number one. What is this like Facebook, but just the status? There's a page somewhere. There's a page on the internet and you guys it's called the the last page on the internet and <laughs> you go there and it says congratulations you found the last page of the internet now close your computer go outside <laughs> speaking of the first page on the internet i tried to introduce viva to homestar runner tonight wow because I introduced her to Brack yesterday, and she thought Brack was really funny. So I said, well, if you like Brack, just wait till I lay Homestar Runner on you. And let me tell you, I still appreciated it, but like the lack of context and the lack of sort of the internet being a frontier, like it, yeah. it, I'm not going to say it didn't hold up. It held up just fine to me. But she looked at me like, is this a prank, old man? Because I don't even see what is the part that's supposed to be funny. It made no sense to her. She hasn't uh, learned her generation's humor yet in terms of lack of context. Does your generation have a sense of humor? That's what made me pick out Brack and Homestar Runner is that like all of the stuff she listens to is total stoner. Like she always asks Alexa to play these songs that are just like somebody screaming about how they're a banana. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, oh, all stoner humor from the early 2000s is what you're listening to. But my kids listen to Bra- it's weird. I started playing Brack for them for some reason when we were outside of Wegmans waiting on Nick to, uh, <laughs> to get groceries. And so that turned into every time we go to Wegmans, they would ask me to turn on Brack. So he's our go to <laughs> sitting in the parking lot music. That's kind of great. I'm sure your wife's. Yeah. Well, I guess your wife's inside. Yeah. So she doesn't have to put up with it. Yeah, my wife almost killed me. I tried to introduce uh, Ellie to, to, and Alex to Homestar Runner, and and it just fell so flat with them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like because it's I don't know maybe because it's not theirs, so like the inside they're not in in on it. 
the nice jar. Remember, nice gerb, or you, could, sh- you couldn't say job. <laughs> I just showed it to her, and she just stared at me. I know. Nice hey, jerb, I'm stirred. Maybe I went to it too soon, you know what I mean? Boy, there was a time when I used to wait for those new every new email, mm-hmm. the home start. Like, I would be checking, when is the new one coming out, you know? <laughs> it was like must-see TV. Hello, Gitarosh. <laughs> Yeah, I played Trogdor, nothing. Got nothing, no oh, trash. Trogdor, yeah, yep. Teen Girl same Squad, thing. nothing. Same thing. She asked for, like, Kids Bop stuff? Or what the is she? ugly one. Uh, well, there's a lot of, um, gosh, who are, the, who are the go-to kids comedian musicians? Uh, Bill Cosby. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Can you play Wonderfulness for me, Dad? I want to hear about Weird Harold. <laughs> I hear Bill Cosby himself is a hoot. <laughs> Well, you talk about something that doesn't hold up. Bill Cosby himself doesn't hold up. I'm doesn't talking I, like pre, pre-trial Bill Cosby. Mm-hmm. It still doesn't hold up. Mm. Now, it definitely does. Well, because yeah, the con- the context is everything is in that context now. Is in modern, you know, any old Cosby joke is looked at through today's lenses. It doesn't work. I was actually, no, but I'm saying I'm saying like if you watched it in 2003, it didn't hold up. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, the I, I, there was a, a game show that that match game thing that Alec Baldwin hosts us flipping channels and saw it, and Raven Simone was on it, and you know they talk about the celebrities and people. Someone talked about what a big fan. The, no one would mention that she was ever on the Cosby Show. It's like she just didn't <laughs> yeah. exist. All she'd ever done was that's so Raven. Like that was the only thing she was known for. Awesome. I uh, loved you on that show. You did. Oh, <laughs> you're so great as the daughter of that family. <laughs> <sighs> what's going on Mom. up in What's going on up in Syracuse, Dave? There was no prequel to a different world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Nothing. There's no, nothing going on in the news lately, so not much to talk about. Ugh. I've been thinking. I've been thinking about my whiteness. Uh, I. It's funny. I was uh, talking to somebody yesterday. We were talking about, you know, how horrible all this, all this. Uh, mm. Everything's going on. And I was sort of uh, putting a, a button or putting a, a, a point on it by explaining to them uh, one or two encounters I've had with the police. And it accentuated how, how much more amazing it is uh, to be white in, in terms of your relationship with the police. There's one time... I used to get tickets a lot whenever I uh, lived in Staten Island. Well, I didn't live there. I worked there. Sorry. I lived on the Upper East Side, but I was teaching in Staten Island. And That's a really bad plan. Yeah. It was horrible. <laughs> but it's like, uh, it's a long story, but it was really, really horrible. Um, it was a good school. Uh, it was a good job for two years. Uh, <laughs> I used to teach in Pittsburgh. I lived in Maine. <laughs> <laughs> It took me, there were times, and I, I know everyone lies about how long it takes them to get to work. Um, it would take me one to 70, or it'd take me 60 to 75 minutes every day to get to work. Traffic on the way back would take anywhere from an hour to door to door. I'm not kidding. Door to door would take two hours at times. Yeah, you used to send us pictures of stopped traffic with you sitting in it, and the yeah. amount of things that we would get done while you were just sending us more pictures of traffic, which sometimes for me included driving from Wisconsin to Chicago. Yeah. 
and then like taking a shower and eating dinner and playing with my kid. And then you're still sending pictures of you sitting in traffic. Well, I used to laugh at people like, Oh, I live in Philly, but I work in Midtown. I'm like, what? You're an idiot. Well, you know, look who's talking. Like I did it for two years. And by the way, uh, I got to pay for the privilege because I had to go over to the Verrazano every day. So I was paying 15 bucks. No. 15 bucks a day in tolls to go like seven and a half miles. $15? Yeah. By the time you subtract that and gas and, you know, you were... And speeding tickets. And the speeding tickets. It costs you to go to work every day. No one gets speeding tickets anywhere in New York City except for Staten Island because Staten Island cops are just bored, right? Because it's not, you're not on a grid, right? There's just, there's a lot of space to, you know, weave in and out of traffic and to, you know, go too fast. And, um, and, you know, I spent all my time on the road. So I was always trying to get somewhere fast so I could, you know, have a couple extra hours of life not spent in a car. And there was this one time, I pull into a Dunkin' Donuts, which is uh, no surprise to anyone, probably. Uh, and it was by my job, and I was going to work. And I, I don't know. I, I must have been going over the speed limit, whatever. I pull in. Cop pulls in next to me, asks me for my ID. There's two cops. Guy asked me for my ID. I handed it to him. What I didn't know was I handed him uh, a, a, a non-driver's license ID, a non-driver ID. Um, and he comes back and gave me the ticket for speeding. And he's like, and you also got another ticket for not having your driver's license on you. And I'm like, what? I just gave you my driver's license. Like, no, that's a non-driver ID. And I, are you kidding me? Like, all right, well, here it is. I gave you the wrong one. He's like, nope, too late now. <laughs> what and, too late now? Yeah. <laughs> and like, no take backsies. That's right. Something in my brain, like snapped and i killed him <laughs> Nick and the was, other officer let me go because <laughs> the other officer watched <laughs> so much blood. stop beating him he's already dead <laughs> um i i think uh, nick was pregnant with the twins and i just you know how you get that angry pre-dad mm-hmm. uh sort of mentality i opened the door i got out and I took a step towards him. What? To oh my god! Where what? we were face to face, and and by face to face, I mean we were like I could have I could have leaned in and kissed him, and proceeded to start telling him uh, how proud he must be about the wonderful job he does. Oh my how, god! How his mother must be is so excited that he's a police officer, <laughs> and he didn't bat an eye. And I shut the door. I didn't get back in my car. I shut the door. And I walked inside. I got my donuts. And that was it. And occasionally, I would see him at the Dunkin' Donuts after that. <laughs> and we'd stand in line next to each other. So I don't know if anyone's listening and they think that a black person would not have been shot 15 times. Mm-hmm. Doing that, you're cr- absolutely crazy. Somebody said on Twitter last night, and I wish I could remember who it was, to do exactly what you just did. They said, go back through your life and think about your crimes, except you, if you're white, you don't think of them as crimes. You think of them as your family's stories and your mistakes. Naughties, yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> and and recontextualize them now and think of what would have happened when you were black. Oh, yeah. and every, it's true. Every white person has those stories of, remember when we did all this Dukes of Hazard stuff? Remember when we, you know, outran the cops, when we robbed a bank, when we burned down the school and, you know, and the cops sent us home? Like, we all have a million stories like that. 
Yeah, I pulled over. I remember getting pulled over one time. Uh, I was driving back in Illinois, and I'm about 15 minutes from home. And I get to see the lights going behind me. So I just pull over. No, actually, no, I'm sorry. The lights weren't on. Um, and I pulled over. I'm like, you know, screw it. I was pulling over. I'm not going to wait. And he, oh my God, he was so pissed off. He like came charging at the car. You know, you don't pull over until I tell you to pull over. I'm like, well, technically, if you haven't thrown your lights on, there's nothing wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, I think there was a, a, a naivete uh, in American culture from uh, the birth of American culture till right now that certain uniforms meant you were more than a person, that you were able to, like a priest, right? A yeah. priest is somehow an emissary of God and they, you can confess to them and like they are somehow holy because they went through holy training. Um, right. teachers, teachers too. And certainly police and soldiers and to some degree fire. We go, oh, they got that uniform on and we're all trained. Like, oh, there's officer friendly over there. Uh, like somehow they are above their own flaws of temperament. They are above their own yeah. biases. And this is a wake up call who everybody who, you know, to everybody who hasn't already been awake to it for 400 years that uh, maybe just maybe some of these cats, by which I mean, all of these cats <laughs> are, are severely flawed human beings. And, uh, and it's a, it's a abattoir out there and we got to do something about it. Uh, I was talking to my boy, Robert from uh, high school. We were talking about how uh, our little gang of us were exploring haunted houses one day. And like uh, three of the four of us are from the country. So I'm sure you explored haunted houses in high school. But that, there's no such that sounds thing. a lot like breaking and entering. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Bingo. Right there. Yeah. Nothing. There's no, you're not going to find an Etruscan civilization that belongs to no one, right? That's a dead, a temple of a long dead civilization uh, under no one's aegis. And one day we, uh, we were exploring a particular haunted house that was actually just a storage facility. Like we broke into a storage facility and we were going through people's stuff and a cop came in while we were like loading up with things that we were evidently pilfering from a storage facility. And the yeah. cop was like, what are you doing? And we're like exploring haunted houses, sir. And he said, Oh good. I was here the other day and some kids were lighting fires. Are you lighting any fires? We're like, no, we're not lighting any fires. And he was like, okay, run along. You scamps tussled our hair. You know, <laughs> now Todd, you're from the mean streets. So is this preposterous to you? Like, would you have just been shot? Had you done these things? In no, no, no. I mean, there was definitely the same. So I, you know, I, I had a, two different neighborhoods growing up. My 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 younger days, like uh, very young, up through like fifth grade, was in a little far far south suburb that was not the mean streets of Chicago Heights. And we did the same things. I mean, we were we we all made our you know what we call now our mistakes, which was really just what you know we broke the law. You know, so we would. I mean, gosh, I didn't, we 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 would shoplift. I mean. We got caught shoplifting and and let off with a warning. You know, you better not do that again and stuff like that. So now in in Chicago Heights, uh, yeah, there was I you know my my secondary schools were very much I was the I believe I believe the my you know the minority in terms of the percentages at the school. Uh, the Caucasians were the minority, but but even there, I got in a car chase once. Not a car. Well, I didn't know I was. I didn't know I was in a car chase. I was on my way to my girlfriend's, like her high school graduation. She was a year older than I was, and so I was kind of speeding to get to her house. I did not see 
that there was a, a police officer trying to pull me over. Like I was driving a pickup truck with a cap on it, so I don't have a great view out the back window. And and I even there's at one road there's a little shortcut you could take to avoid a stoplight. That there's a sign that says "Do not cut through this area to avoid the stoplight." But I did that. I get to her house. I pull up, and I'm still in a hurry, so I jump out of the car. And I start walking around to the back to get out like the balloons I have in the back of the car. And there's a cop car behind me and he gets out of the car and he starts screaming at me. He's like, do you realize what, you know, I called a pursuit on you. I got all these other cars coming. Whoa. And in the end, all I got was the, the normal speeding ticket. You know, once he calmed down, everything was fine. He called off the pursuit. It wasn't a pursuit anymore. I was not a danger, even though I was, I had gotten out of the car and was walking towards what looked like towards him. And, uh, and no, they, you know, I, it was just, in the end, it was just a regular speeding ticket. Did you give him a balloon? <laughs> maybe I should have. That might have, maybe he could have knocked it down from 15 over to like 10 over. Cause I had to go to, tra- I did have to go to traffic school for that. But I, I could easily see friends that I had in high school, African-American friends in high school, if they were in that same situation, they would not have fared so well. You know, sure, sure. and, and I, I know that and I recognize that. And what's weird about, you know, to me. I've never seen anything like this, what's been going on the last two weeks in, in terms of the size of the protests and, and how the longer they go on, the, you know, it seems that you know, they continue to be vastly the majority peaceful. But I'm still very cynical. Like, I still feel like the big sea change that we're all expecting isn't quite going to happen yet. You know? And that's, that's the only thing that worries me is that we're going to do all this and, and it maybe will just be an incremental shift in the end, you know? And that that makes me <laughs> that depresses me a little bit. Like this should be enough to change our ways, but there's enough people here and in the world that won't to you know to keep it from making that that big shift that I think we really need in the way we you know. And and I, it, it infuriates me that people glom on to catchphrases and and try to turn them against you know what people really mean. You know they try to make defund the police an evil thing. But gosh, when I think about it, it's true though. When you think about probably the majority of the calls that police go on, you don't need a policeman. You need a, you need a social worker. You need a, someone who knows how to deal with the mentally ill or knows how to deal with homeless or can help the homeless as opposed to arrest the homeless. <laughs> so it's, the, the hardest part for me is knowing how to talk, and I still try to figure it out, how to talk to my kids about it. I hope they see, and I hope that they are on the right side of this. And I think they are because you know, that's the way they were raised. But uh, that's what I struggle with. How do I address this with them in a way that realize what their privilege is as a as a as a white person in America? So it is an interesting talk. I mean, obviously, there's the talk you have to ha- have if your kid is black, and my kid yeah. is black, but she passes for white, and she's a she. So I don't have to, you know, I don't necessarily have to have the really watch yourself. You know, the the, the really heartbreaking conversation that's the, that we yeah. have yeah. Um, I don't have to have that one. But I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth every day mm-hmm. because, like, police walk by our house all the time. And I say hi to them. And then Viva says, why are you having a small talk with that police officer? Yesterday you were ranting about the police, you know? Or, I mean, I've called the police probably twice this year because of, like, trespassers and stuff going going down. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there should be no police you know like and i don't so she's getting mixed messages like nobody would believe because we're going to protest too you don't want to sound wishy-washy about how important those things are 
you don't want to sound like you're saying all lives matter, you know, but also not sound like just a complete radical lunatic that thinks all cops are evil murderers and that there should be no cops because yeah. that's not a good message either. It's not useful. And it's not, and it's unfair. I mean, as soon as you say yeah. all all group, I mean, you can certainly say all Nazis are evil, but you can't say all cops are Nazis. <laughs> you know, I mean, like that's no better than saying all blacks are this or all whites are that. Like, so I, I'm having trouble being emphatic without being a lunatic to my kid. Because as soon as you start talking about an, a group as being X, you're probably wrong. Are uh, you talking about police brutality and racism, or you or do you try to just stick to the police part of it at this point? Because uh, the underlying point in all of this is the racism built into our culture, and and it, it you know and it down here in the south it's it's worse in certain areas. In Savannah proper, it's not as because uh, uh, there's there's equally as much of a black uh, police force as there is a, a white police force. Do you guys have like police friends on Facebook? Have you seen any of their posts and like you know what they're talking about? So I have like a, I have a couple friends and a couple family members that are members of it, and didn't hear hardly anything when it came to uh, Minneapolis or the Aubrey case down in, in Brunswick. But then this last one in Atlanta, I saw a couple of them pipe in saying, that, "You know, look at all the video. You know, if they grab my taser, I'm not sure that I would not have done something else. You know, look at all the videos, uh, tell the whole story, that kind of stuff." Mm-hmm. And it was it was a little unsettling, but. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to look at it from their point of view as well. You know, they're put in hard places sometimes too, but at the same time, well, you know, that's the thing is that that's why you can't paint everything with one broad brush and say no. all all these are that and all those are them. And you know, it's, right. <laughs> but I think it, it, it's hard when they'll, they'll recognize that there's not a problem. I mean, I hate the argument of we'll just comply and everything will be fine. And you know, you've seen plenty of examples of people who comply and still end up. You know, they find a reason to say you're resisting. To find a reason to, you know, they get you riled up. You know, so it's 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 a tough conversation. I can't imagine, you know, Matt and like I said, Viva for, it must be tough for Viva because she's seeing it from right now. I think she must have the thing that you're all in this together, and we're all in this together as as humans, as opposed to I don't know. Does she recognize this as a as a black thing, white thing? So, I mean, I think everything that you say to kids is laden with hope and is laden with uh, an inherent goodness to humanity that, that, that mankind is inherently good and that things will work out. I mean, that's generally how things are handed to kids. And well, I mean, gosh, was it January? When did we go to the Jeff sessions was, was on campus. Oh yeah. And so I brought her to a protest to like kind of deplatform Jeff sessions, which is already a, um, you know, that's already a political choice. Like the notion that someone should be deplatformed is an arguable point. Like you could say, hey, Matt, you're you are telling your daughter that there shouldn't be free speech on campus beyond a certain point. You know, like I said, he mm. shouldn't be here. He's a bigot. He is a he is a, a history of racism. He shouldn't be on our campus. And there is an argument that he should be allowed to speak and then you should not agree with him. And that's not a crazy argument. Um, but I took her to the protest. I said, let's get this, let's get this racist off our campus. And we're banging the doors and we're, you know, we're like trying to ruin his event. And the chanting turned to F the police. And she was very confused. You know, and the police were standing there and people were in the police's face. And this was several months ago. And the police were protecting him. Again, this is a, this is a, I think that as much as I, I have my, 
thoughts on this, and I was making my choice on this. But I do think it is a is an arguable point. Like those police are there to protect things that are happening on campus. That's what was happening on campus. Yeah. So they were going there to make sure that we did not rip the doors off of the building and go in and kill Jeff Sessions. And so <laughs> we, the protesters, were saying, "You are complicit in his racism because you are us from getting in this building and killing him." Um, <laughs> and. I think it's an arguable point. <laughs> sure. That should be said for stopping murder. But that night, you know, trying to just to say, you know, she was like, why, why are all these students, some of whom I know, why are they saying F the police? I'm seven. Like, you've been telling me for seven years, find the helpers. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say to her, police aren't helpers, don't go to the police, because that's very unfair yeah. uh, and very not useful. Uh, so, I don't know. I have no end to the sentence because I have no answers. <laughs> I think that's how we all feel right now. We don't have the answers. Well, good leadership should lead us Oof. forward. <laughs> Oof. I know. Oof. It, it, well, and, and yeah. so... Take even comfort, if, my friends. I know. <laughs> so even if it doesn't happen nationally, it doesn't mean that's not going to happen locally. Well, and so much as everyone wants things to happen, like, nationally immediately, but it's all about your local... Make yeah. the changes locally mm-hmm. first. And I think we- you're seeing a lot of that. We haven't talked to our girls about it. I mean, we, we sort of live in this world where oh, we've been in a you know pandemic for three months uh, and, you know, they don't watch the news um, and we don't live on a campus and, you know, they're not, they're, their mother isn't black. So like, you know what I mean? We don't have any immediate reasons to get into a conversation about why this black man was murdered. They've been blissfully, Two little white girls in America, like blissfully unaware that uh, anything is going, anything is wrong in the world. <laughs> Broken the news. Well, I think I think the like you said, the news someday is they, they you know, as you say, if they won that lottery, they got they got to know how to use it in the right way. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's a there's you have, to, you have to understand not not at this age necessarily. I'm not saying you right. sit them down right now and and tell them no, teach them not to, to be Karens. What well, seems like hopefully all this at the age that all of our kids are, they're somewhat cognizant of what's going on. And it seems like the Overton window for social justice is moving. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, they will just be woker than us in a good way. I just I think the immediate problem is is voting because people in people who are under the age of 30 don't vote. You know, and so and you can have as many protests as you want in the streets right now, you know, and you, you can shame as many people and get as many cops fired and have as many statues ripped down. But I think the, the most disappointing thing is like knowing going into no, November, for example, you know, I, I don't think people are going to necessarily see the change they want to see because the, the people who want it the most, they don't vote. So yeah, I don't Joel, understand. is it you who was saying the other day that there's no reason to, there's no reason to throw, throw, gosh, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, throw bones to the Bernie people. If you're like the Biden Harris camp, there's no reason to throw bones to the Bernie or the Warren people because the Bernie people didn't even vote for Bernie. Right. <laughs> so they're probably they're, not going to come up camps. Yeah, they're totally in different camps and they have totally different belief systems. And they do not agree with uh, uh, now not all of them, obviously, and some of them are more moderate than others. But yeah, some of them are not going to switch over and just say, "Oh, okay, well, I'll I'll, I'll go with Biden just because." Um some of them, uh, um, you know, 
Biden's accuser uh, is a Bernie brother. Um, so you're going to have some yeah. of that. We don't want this old white guy. We want the other old white guy. <laughs> the, the, the fact that we've been just saved from uh, political discussion. Well, it's crazy to think there's a presidential election in. Oh, my God. It's been so nice. In I mean, five months. And yeah. we hardly hear about it. I do. I like it because you feel like it'll like the last three months of it, I'm sure, will be not nonstop. You know, but who knows what else is going to be going in the, on in the world at the time. But, but yeah, usually we're so oversaturated with it that I think people tune out, like you said, and 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 maybe maybe then don't show up in November because they've been having to hear about it for th- two years. But now maybe it'll they'll be fired up because they'll realize in you know September that there's an election two months away, and you know yeah. we'll have some time to build some momentum. I feel like yeah. the primaries have, have woken some people up just because there's not as much going on. There's not sporting events for them to, to, to pay attention to while they're starting. But so the, I think the primaries are waking some people up that aren't normally paying attention just because there's less things going on. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Let's, let's, let, let's attack that for a second. I love this Black Lives Matter movement. I love these protests that are all over the world. I think they're completely important and completely justified. And I love that they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. My question is, if there were sports... If there was not a quarantine, like it's so weird that there's this terrible thing on top of this terrible yeah. thing that we have global protests. I don't mean that as terrible, but like terrible in the sense of like large and mm-hmm. contentious, you know, right on top of a quarantine. But, you know, we've been seeing notable, notable black deaths by cop <laughs> uh, in the news, a steady drip of it for our entire adult lives. Yeah. And nothing has happened. Some have been a little, you know, some have caused a little bit more of a flare up than others. Sure. But eventually the news cycle goes on and that Eric Garner, poop, you know, we, we, the news cycle turns. This time everything blew up. Now, would it be naive of me to say in this time it's going to get fixed? Probably. But like, I'm excited about this moment that we're in. If there was baseball, would this not have happened? If we had been outside and we weren't frustrated, would this have happened? Like, what is, where, where is the intersection of the quarantine and the protests? It's the news cycle. So th- there's not as much going on. So how many things do you have to talk about in the news cycle? So the more things you introduce that are crazy to get off topic are, are, are easy to do. But the news cycle is fairly limited right at the moment, right? You can't mm-hmm. talk about Tiger Woods winning whatever win because there hasn't been golf up until last week. There's, you know, there's certain things like that. But at the same time, the, the way that, that things are, are going, like I also think that more people, well, Will Smith said, um, there's always been racism. There's always been brutality. Just people are catching on phones now. That's the, that's the difference. Everybody's catching on phones, and and you can't get away with the stuff that used to be getting away with. Well, also, I, I don't know that um, if, if there if sports had been uh, if they were doing sports right now, I, I don't think it would necessarily take away from it. I think it might promote it more. You have you'd have more athletes. Fifty thousand people. Oh, fifty thousand yeah. people in an arena. And all of a sudden, it's like it's the thing to do to kneel at the to the flag. Like it yeah. actually reached more people in a more immediate way. In a lot of ways, I think the the pandemic itself, the coronavirus, has it's definitely put people in a mood to to fight. You know, mm-hmm. not necessarily in a physical way, but you've you've had enough of your day to day life. Right? Do you think Roger Goodell would have uh, reversed his stance if we would not have been in a pandemic, though? I don't know that the pandemic has anything to do with this stance, does it? Yeah, if, if 
I think I, mean, I think the players would have made enough of a statement to force the hand there, you know. And yeah. I think they did anyway. I think that's what yeah. that forces. I, I think I think at a certain point, I mean, he probably had he probably had enough sit downs with enough. I think it just emphasized it. I think it, it yeah. ramped it up. There's there's more voice to well, it. And also, some people say it's easy, it's easy to say like you're you're going to allow it when you don't even know that you're going to have a season. So you know, well, there's that. Yeah, it's easy to say. Right. Yeah, sure, you could kneel during the anthem. We may never have an anthem this year for football because it might. Not happen. <laughs> well, I will. I will never let the perfect be the enemy of the good. So, do I think Roger Goodell turned around because he because he had a damn machine moment and the scales fell from his eyes and he became not racist? No, I think his pocketbook forced him into being not racist. Yes. But I'll take it. Do I think those Republican judges on the Supreme Court? Voted against, you know, voted for gay rights because they like gays. Nope, they're still they're still <laughs> evil. But they've got they were playing weird games about about textualism and whatever. But I'll take it. Like I'll at this where we are right now. I'll take it where I can get it. Right. No. No company is supporting Black Lives Matter because. Because they have, uh, in, they're inherently good, right? Or that you know, or like you said, scales have fallen from their eyes, and now they're not racist. It, no. they're, it's a company, but they yeah, they know how to do math, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> all about how much money will I lose compared to how much money will I make? Like it's. God. I've been thinking about the kneeling thing, and how it's so shameful. Like last year, every school, every university, every sporting oh, event. Yeah. Like it was such a hot button. Will we allow kids to take a knee? Will we allow kids to quietly kneel during a magical song? Or is it too mean to the ghosts of dead soldiers? So we have to stop them. And like we were in such a petty, racist, vindictive place that the, that notion could be the center of our arguments and uh, and our passion for a year. And now you look back and you're like, oh my God, how was that even? How did anybody even uh, uh, dare to take the stance that that, that mm-hmm. could be not allowed? You know? And, we, and so that it's exciting that we've moved the window so far that it would be preposterous to try to stop anybody from silently kneeling during a magic song. So my, my little son, Nolan, um, is, he's on day three of uh, diarrhea duty. He, um, it's like just it's been his awful. job to have diarrhea? No, no, uh, <laughs> You're on diarrhea evidently, duty. Evidently. You're up. You're up. I don't, I don't ever remember anybody having diarrhea this bad for, for this, these many days. And you used to live with Dave. And I used to live with Dave. <laughs> and see the stuff that he ate, and he'd go get a 10-pack of tacos. Not bad an eye. Well, it must be so, scary for him because I remember the first time, like my first memory of having diarrhea, and I was so confused because I remember thinking to myself, "Why am I peeing out of my butt?" <laughs> and, and I never, like, no one explained to me that that is a possibility. I'm glad you don't write children's books, Todd, because you're, <laughs> are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Would be. <laughs> If Jimmy Fallon, if Jimmy Fallon can write a kid's book, so can I, and it's going to be called "Why Am I Peeing Out of My Butt." <laughs> there has to be. Uh, something like like the caveman part of our brains must tell us when we're young that it's dangerous to have diarrhea because a hundred years ago it was dangerous to have diarrhea. Mm-hmm. Like if you had it, you might die. 
Yeah, so it's so, inherently scary. It's a, it's built yeah. into our DNA. No, Any idea what step- triggered this? No, like he, like most seven-year-olds, they put a lot of stuff in their mouth or chewing on their fingers or whatever. Could have been food. It could have been, you know, we have guinea pigs. So, you know, I oh, clean out those cages once a week, but doesn't mean that could have eaten a guinea pig. Make sure you do a head um, count. Make sure you still have the same number of guinea pigs you started with. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what triggered it, but it has been three days, uh, and my wife has she's taken the, the the brunt of most of that. Well, what I mean, um, okay, he's seven. So, how involved are you in the, in the diarrhea process? Yeah. Like, shouldn't he be able to handle that on his own? Yes, up to a point. But then, like, so you get through day, like day one, and your butt starts hurting big yeah. time. You like, no, get you're yeah. irritated, right? I feel, it's red. I feel it. Um, we actually got a squirt bottle. Um, <laughs> it's got like uh, uh, like multiple holes in the top of it. You know, it's manual bidet time in the Keppel household. Every and at some points, it was like every twenty minutes. Well, my Facebook ridiculous. feed is lousy with ads for uh, installing your own bidet like on your existing toilet right now. Oh, I don't know why. The, it's because of the TP shortage. Oh, maybe. Oh, okay. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. T- yeah. yeah, yeah. Save your toilet paper and just squirt cold. And, cause it's, oh, we're running through it. it oh, man, we're right running to your, through. right to your water line, so it's cold water, which doesn't sound pleasant. But, yeah, that's it's a craze. Right. Let's hit a, let's hit a big knot of nerve endings <laughs> with ice cold water. <laughs> well, I think if, you're, if your toilet is near enough to your sink, you can you can tie it to the hot but i bought one for my wife for i don't maybe valentine's day what says what's more romantic than saying Mm. wash your butt uh (laughs) and then i realized that the toilet was really far from the sink so it was gonna be ice cold water and then i went to install it i did have to get some parts that didn't it didn't come with it because it uh it needed a flexible hose and not a rigid hose like there's you know it's not quite as easy as they make it out to be Mm -hmm. and then there's a stripped there's a stripped thing on the toilet and I will need help from campus housing to oh. get this attached because some of their hardware was, was Bad. kaput. Um, and because it's a, because it's a pandemic, I have not oh. asked. And when they do come, come in, they're going to know that you want to squirt cold water on your butt. Yep. Yeah. Then it, when they see me on campus, they'll be like, there he is. Old Mr. Old Mr. Butt water. Frigid knot. Yeah. <laughs> Old Mr. Butt water. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, by day three of diarrhea, you got to be ready to just give up on everything. <laughs> he's like fatigued. Like yeah. he's so, so tired. Yeah. Like you don't want toilet paper anywhere near that. Right. So it's, it's squirting and then it's like padding down with the TP mm-hmm. and then gently padding, you know, the, the area. Now, what's then, your solution? Is there something, is there, you put like some Epsom salt or something? Although that might, you don't want to put salt on a wound. Just salt, just pouring salt <laughs> just on salt. a butt. That's lemon juice. Do. There's lemon juice, salt. Uh, yeah. Good God. Jeez. It's the worst thing ever. Are you feeding him, are you at least feeding him rice? You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's, it's the bratty diet. It's the bratty diet. So, so what is it? What's, you know, is it banana, rice? Bananas, rice, apples, toast, and what's why? <laughs> yellow. Everything yellow. Right. Just like Coldplay. French fries. And Taco Bell. Corn. Eggs. Um, <laughs> scrambled eggs. Um, so we're feeding him that. It, uh, Yucca? No, wait, wait. What's the why? What is the why? It's bratty. So what's bratty? I've never heard of this before. So these are what? These are, these are, are two T's? For when you're... Is it B-R-A-T-T-Y or B-R-A-T-Y? 
Uh, if only we had uh, the internet or something to, to look that up. Yes, if only um, the searchable collective intelligence of all mankind were at all of our fingertips right now. But you've never heard with the with never Viva growing up like she was never like constipated or on the other flip side of it like you need to get her something so that you get some so- solid bowel movements. She going. was perpetually constipated, and so we just like uh, there was a, a steady the like secret drip of uh, Miralax throughout throughout uh, childhood. The other way. The Y is yeah. for yogurt. Yeah, yeah. Yogurt. So how many teas? There's two teas. Tea. You can have tea. Tea, like toast, tea? and yogurt. Okay. There you go. So it, t- today it was... Just don't uh, get wait. Activia. Is it, doesn't oh, it, yeah. Activia yogurt, yogurt makes you poop. It's the other way around. So anything with fiber. Lots of fiber. So anyway, he, but he's been doing that for three days. It's awful. The poor kid is, is going through it. Sarah immediately, she's she goes from zero to 100. So it's... God, yeah, he's got the coronavirus. Like, uh, he's got diarrhea. Like, he's just got diarrhea. Like, it's yeah. not. It's not. He's not going to die. Just well, like, if he does have, out. if he does have the coronavirus, he's pooping it out. You just poop it out. That's what you do. Still wondering about this manual bidet thing. Yeah, the president. <laughs> it's said. a squirt bottle. What was it? A squirt bottle of? All right. So this is probably T- TMI. My wife will kill me, but uh, she brought it home from the um, hospital oh, after having children. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And yep, held yep. on to it. Gotcha. So but then you squirt it. Yes. And then the the and so your your special sauce goes up <laughs> to the inflamed area, yes. but then it rains back down, and yes. now it's got butt juice on it. And then it well, rains you, back down onto your hand, right? No, you're squirting from an angle. Yeah, you don't okay. go straight up. <laughs> right. his, you have his, your child stand on his head. <laughs> right. He, he, he doesn't. Yeah, he also doesn't sit on like the toilet like Todd does. Like he sits on, and like he can like touch his toes with his hands like when you're wiping right so you can God, get how do you sit on the toilet <laughs> i i face the other way i face the other direction so he can use the back of the tank to eat off of <laughs> yeah where else am i gonna lined, put my nachos lined up his potchkeys <laughs> on the back of the tank We moved into a new house about a year and a half ago. Is that right? It might be two. How long? I, don't, I lost track. It was right before uh, we kind of stopped doing the podcast on the regular. And that's part of the reason is because I still don't know where I packed all the stuff from the original podcast <laughs> set up. I could never yeah. find it after I moved. So we moved to a nice, you know, a nice neighborhood. It backs up to a huge park. The corner lot next to us is part of that park. So... Uh, we don't have a neighbor on one side of our house. We've got a big oh, open wow. park behind us. We've got one neighbor next to us, and it's so it's a great setup. I started to notice as as we lived here, uh, we moved in in December, so it was the winter, you know. And every once in a while, there would be a car just parked on the corner, and it's a it's a park entrance. So, you know, I thought maybe they're parking to go use the park, but they would never leave their car, and it seemed like they're waiting. You know, waiting to meet up with someone. Sometimes a second car would show up, and I convinced myself that this corner, uh, because if you go, I don't know, a mile and a half north, there's a neighborhood that maybe isn't great and is in the police blotter a lot. <laughs> and I keep thinking that okay, they're coming down here to do drug deals. Like the the well-off suburban kids are are meeting the drug dealers from the from the neighborhood up north at this corner in my neighborhood to do the exchange. 
and I was convinced and I started watching my nest camera. I started standing. I, I, I thought I was interrupting because if I would stand outside long enough and not go inside, the car would drive away eventually. I'm like, ah, scared him off. The drug deal's off, right? You're like you're like Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Pointing at him with your finger gun. Yeah, I was a one man neighborhood watch, <laughs> uh, and and I was certain that I, that I was I was stopping crime, and but you know it would it would happen, and I'd go outside, I'd stand watch, I'd be there, and I'd I'd stand there until someone would drive away, and um, I never went as far as to call the the police that I thought about it. Like maybe I should make, I wonder if they know that this is going on. I mean, this is right here, but it kept happening. And, and so we get to, we hosted Thanksgiving after the first coming up on one year of living here after I had well established myself as the neighborhood watch foreman and uh, self-appointed a, a crew of one. So my, did you go out, were you making rounds like regularly? Did you wait for headlights? Well, I mean, did you go out on the hour? I would just notice it randomly. So I, I, mm-hmm. I, my, I would take the dog on a walk and there'd be a car. And so we would maybe, instead of going around the whole block, we would just circle around that area just to make, you know, see, I, I, I was waiting to catch the drug deal going down. I thought if I can get him and catch something in the act, then I can let the police know. And, but at the uh, very least, you you got confirmation bias that yeah. when you walk up, they drive away. They drove off. So uh-huh, it confirmed uh-huh. that something shady was going on because they didn't want to be there if I was there. So we hosted Thanksgiving, and my, uh, my nephew was there, and he's sitting on our couch, and he's on his phone. And, and I look over, and I'm like, hey, what are you doing on your phone? What you, what's going on there? And he goes, hey, did you know that you've got a pokey gym right next to your house? <laughs> and, he, and he shows me on his phone and there's a giant pokey gym on the map in the green space right next to my house that is the park entrance <laughs> and it all made sense and so i I'd spent the first year that i lived here chasing away pokemon hunters who are just here to, to train their pokemon <laughs> Do you think that you're a legend? Is this like I am legend? Like in the pokey community, are you like the their biggest bugaboo? Like, I, are you the bogeyman of like, have you tried to do an assault on the gym by old man Jay's house? Because there's a guy, he comes out with giant hands. He comes out <laughs> on the porch and he tries to kill you. So like, is, is taking that gym a, a great goal in pokey land? It must be because they, they still come and they come in numbers. And there'll be times uh, that, that there'll be two or three cars parked out there. And uh, if they ever, it'd be a great time now to establish that as a as a drug dealing corner because I've I've given up on on that and I've assumed that everyone who shows up is just there to train their Pokemon. Well, now all our drug dealing listeners are going to you know hear that. You know. <laughs> well, it's a great idea is you find a Poke Gym and then you just you you just uh, you, you blend in with the the, the Pokemon Go crowd. Yeah, I've been worried about income in the age of COVID, but I think I got a business plan now. <laughs> of course, you know, I, I thought my own kids would have let me know that, but I, I guess, you know, 14-year-olds and, well, I mean, they're 14 and 16, so I think the, the age range for that is either you're really young or you're really old. You know what I mean? You're either in your either in your 30s and playing Pokemon Go or you're uh, eight, you're eight, 8 to 10 and playing Pokemon Go, right? Well, it's also not 2016. Like, Pokemon Go has yeah. seen its crest. Why are people still playing that? Like, are they incentive? How are they still attracting people to uh, spend their time on that? I mean, they were introducing more little Japanese 
fake monsters to it. Like mm-hmm. certainly changing shapes and abilities a little. There's a Harry Potter one that I actually downloaded to the phones and the girls are pretty into Harry Potter. So Harry that, Potter. Um, yeah, it's Neantic, I think. And it's, uh, God, what's it called? Wizards Unite. But there's like Dementors in your yard and you got to fight them with spells. It's Pokemon it the, Go, but Harry Potter. Is it the same thing though? Like, like with maps and stuff? Yep. Yep. Oh, and you can either turn it, you can turn the, the what you, augmented reality on or off. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you can go through your camera or not. Same thing. Uh, Cade's on book. What, he's just reading, starting to read Deathly Hallows. Oh. So he's super into that right now. Yeah. Wizards I'm, Unite. Wizards Unite. I may jump you, on that. You can, uh, like a trans person will pop up and you'll have to, you'll have to capture him with a spell before they, you know. Go to the bathroom. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> well, I don't know. They canceled J.K. Rowling. So, uh, you know. I don't yeah. know if uh, you can play that game anymore. Oh, God. <laughs> I wish I could talk about this. <laughs> it's crazy how fast people jump on the wagon of, like, as soon as one slip-up is made, it's not, it doesn't create a dialogue. It creates a, that's it. You should go live in a hole the rest of your life. Well, it does. The, the, the Harry Potter thing is we're, we, are, we stand Harry Potter in this yeah. house a uh, big time. I think that was our Christmas card. And you know what? We mailed the Christmas cards, and then she first started coming out as anti-trans. Like, yeah. like right when I dropped them in a mailbox, like I wanted to go and like saw the top off the mailbox and get, get yeah. it. Think out. all about it. J.K. <laughs> Rowling hates trans people. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but what, you know, what's the... St- I don't mean statute of limitations. I mean the opposite of that. But like, how old can a book be, be and their yeah. author be alive be, before we can say, look, the text is established. She's made her money. Like, can I just like she, this book? She's not a part of it anymore. Right. If you find out that Mary Shelley was a bigot, you can still buy <laughs> Frankenstein. So what's the deal with, with J.K. Rowling? I, mean, I know she's alive to, get mo- to make money, but... I don't know. I don't even know what she said. All I know is what... Uh... Harry Potter came out and said that. Trans- he said, "I mean, she said every boilerplate anti-trans thing." Oh, did she? Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so anything you ever heard that's anti-trans, it's it's that. So what if you already bought the books? Can you read them? I just, I, I mean, I, I certainly appreciate using the power of the purse to shut down odious, mm-hmm. uh, you know, political leanings. Um, yeah. But the, uh, up until now, I guess it's been easy. Like. When they came for the Cubs, I didn't think about it because I don't like the Cubs, you know? And then they came for Harry Potter. <laughs> to me, the power of the purse is when, if she writes a book that that tries to, you know, that is anti-trans, well, then don't buy that. Don't buy that book. She's done, yeah. though, right? Like, she's, she's, she's done with so Harry rich, Potter. it doesn't matter whether or not you buy her stuff anymore or read her stuff or see the movies. Like... That that will never affect her. She's she's rich beyond any of our dreams. That we can't hurt her financially. Right. <laughs> I, part part of me thinks it's you know there was an article a couple months ago before the pandemic about um, some writer was talking about you know how how could I listen to Michael Jackson anymore? I guess it must have been right after that movie that doc came out. I think a lot of it is because everything's built around outrage that we've forgotten what outrage it is, right? Like mm-hmm. the Black Lives Matter protests going on right now is actual outrage. And I think to some extent, and I don't know what she said, right? I, I trust what you say she said. I think there is outrage uh, about what J.K. Rowling said. But I think there is out, 
there is an equal amount of noise made a lot of times, you know, people making mistakes, saying slightly the wrong thing, right? Um, not going, you know, 1,000% into the, the correct column. And it's not actual outrage. It's just trying to, um, to punish people for not uh, following, you know, for, for get, not getting in line. Well, and especially if it's something that, like you said, you're, you can't be a thousand percent right all of the time. You're going to say the wrong thing. Right. And well, that, guess, should, that should start a dialogue. It should not. Right. Yeah. And I, I guess my point is, like, why can't people just, you know, if, if, you, if you can listen to Michael Jackson, everybody knows you shouldn't rape children. Uh, if you can listen to Michael Jackson without thinking about him raping children, then listen to Michael Jackson. Right. Like if you can. You know, I, you know, if you can watch Bill Cosby and not think about the terrible things he did, then watch Bill Cosby. Uh, if you can read Harry Potter to your kids and, and not get so upset about the things she said, then read it. But it doesn't mean you support. But at the same time, it's like we're all going to be dead in 50 years. Like <laughs> we, we can all agree that these people did shitty things. Like, can't we just. Like, do we have to take a political stance of what we read our kids at night when they go to sleep? Well, and I will say that that if you read the Harry, and this is where so many people are surprised that this is her stance. If you read the Harry Potter books, you're not going to be indoctrinated into a bigoted mindset. Like no. it, it, like yes, that nobody's out gay. I mean, she came out afterwards and said Dumbledore is gay and this and that. But you know, you don't find that in the text. But it certainly, uh, who's the oh Lupin? Uh, the werewolf teacher, like he seems to be uh, an analog for a gay man. I mean, he gets a girlfriend later, but like he's shunned by society. Like basically, if you read Harry Potter, it 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 should put you in a mindset of, I mean, the whole thing's an anti-fascist tract, right? Mm-hmm. Like Voldemort's Hitler, and the whole thing is like Britain World War Two, and it's about taking a stance against bigotry and evil. So it makes me less inclined to burn all my harry potter books that if you read harry potter it kind of makes you a better person not a worse person so if you said hey there's a there's a there's an anti-trans author and she's about to write some children's books (laughs) (laughs) then i don't buy those books and that's easy (laughs) you know um I just, I mean, yes, she's alive to make money, but like everybody said, and I can't verify this, but like the word on the street is that Walt, uh, Walt Disney was anti-Semitic. Yeah, there's that's the word on the dozens, street, right? Yeah, yeah there's dozens. Uh-huh. But look at the Disney company now; they're as pro-gay and pro, you know. So you know that's that's changed, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and again, it's that's about the, that's about the bottom line. It makes right. it money makes is how you make good money. business sense. Yeah. I don't know that they pulled. The old Dumbo cartoons off the off the shelves. No, they just made another movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the, some of the characters are, not, you know, notably absent in the new movie. Mm-hmm. Well, if you go to Disney Plus right now and you go to Dumbo, and actually the first day I got Disney Plus, I went, I got to check in on Dumbo, <laughs> <laughs> and I like I want to see what they did. <clears throat> There's a disclaimer on the front that says there are things in this cartoon that represent the time it was made that may be offensive. Um, and we're warning you now. I don't remember the exact wording. And some people are furious about that that wording because they think you should just go destroy Dumbo. And I see where they're coming from, but I'm like, oh, man. I mean, Dumbo specifically. Like, the crows in Dumbo, yeah, they're problematic as all hell. One of them is named Jim Crow. 
Um, they're also voiced by an incredibly talented black acapella group. Mm-hmm. I would much rather that stick around and have that difficult conversation with my kid than have them just excise that from Dumbo and then have me act like Dumbo never had a problem. And I don't think it's the same as a Confederate monument, you know? Like, I'm all for blowing up Confederate mon- monuments. I'd rather do the tough work on, yeah. on Dumbo. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it's, it's art, right? And you're ex- explaining... Right. You're, you're allowing yourself to have a difficult conversation, and it's, like you're saying, and it's not... This is not a country where people like to have difficult conversations. Right. Mm-hmm. You have to actually think and be thoughtful and, and maybe consider someone else's point of view. That's somebody else's Michael Jackson analogy. And that's somebody else's Louis C.K. analogy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can take, um, you know, Louis C.K. is probably giving money to somebody's favorite charity. And then, you know, so they they lean towards saying hooray that he comes back into stand up. People don't take enough time to consider so the yucky stuff was still in the stuff we were watching, right? Like all Listen. the Popeye, when we were little, all the Popeye cartoons and all the Bugs Bunny cartoons still had all the blackface, still had all yeah. the anti-Japanese stuff in it. Tom yeah. and Jerry had all the anti-black stuff. Um, the Holiday Inn had the blackface scene. Like this stuff was just on TV on the weekend syndicated. You would see really, really racist mid 20th century stuff. And in my house, my parents always stopped, you know, and said, Hey, we got to tell you what you're looking at right now. And it is not okay. So I've always known a little bit more about the history of blackface and what's wrong with it. than I think, you know, and now you get all these people who are like, what's wrong with blackface? I was blackface last year, you know, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, and I like the fact that in 1980, my family pulled me aside and said, Hey, 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 that right there, that is a no go. I, again, I don't think it's the same as a Confederate monument, which is purely there to lionize a traitor. <laughs> it's there to honor, yeah. Right, right, yeah. right. Well, they've taken it a little bit too far. Didn't, didn't they just take um, they take out Elmer Fudd because of the the shotgun or something like that? Did you see that? No. I read the headline. I, I haven't looked at it yet. But, um, but the, yeah, they were going after Elmer Fudd and, and some of the stuff that he was doing. So it's like taking it to an, another level or whatever. It, so, you know, the, the deep dives. Well, but, we tend to overcorrect at first and then things settle where they should be eventually, I think. So, you know, we'll, your Saturday mornings aren't ruined forever, Joel. You'll get your Elmer Fudd back one day. I was so lame when it came to Saturday mornings. Like, <laughs> the Smurfs. Like, why Why was I watching the Smurfs? Like, Hey, I was watching Muppet Babies and I loved every second of it. Muppet Babies. The, the, the remake, no one likes the, no. the the newer version stuff, which is not nothing like the, the old Muppet Babies. Where's Skeeter? Where, where, hashtag where's Skeeter? So he's not Skeeter's in the not new one? Version. No, Scooter's there, but his sister Skeeter, gone. Oh, yeah. It's gone. I didn't even yeah. that. She's like, wrote her out. Why is that? Maybe, maybe she got canceled. Maybe she said something bad about trans people. <laughs> you, don't see, you, don't see the, you don't see Nana's head in the new Muppet Babies either. And, like, and it like, perplexes Nolan. Like, why don't you see her head? Why don't you ever see her face? Why is that? Like he was, he was really. Tell him it's too terrifying to see. <laughs> Just like Medusa. <laughs> Todd, how old is Ellie now? She is fourteen. Good lord, fourteen and a half. What I am finding is that I am starting to 
run into issues with Viva that you have talked about with regard to Ellie in past years of this show. Oh, yeah. And the one that's really stuck in my craw right now is DCOMs. Is sitcoms on the Disney Channel? Oh yes, we we yeah. went through that. Uh, and you, I remember you, you. There was an episode where you talked about Austin and Allie, mm-hmm. and an episode where I feel like she chose not to go to the college she got into so she could chill with her friends at the mall, and like yeah. that was actually the message of the episode. <laughs> yeah, there was. That, I I I kept waiting for something like better to come out of it, but she just didn't want to not be with her friends or something. And we was such a bad, and I think I had to stop and tell Ellie, like, Ellie, this is a really bad message that they're sending you right now. Like, do not take a gap year because you, you'll miss your friends. <laughs> well, this is, and of course you, you also, you took some umbrage at the idiot parents and the disrespect shown towards all adult figures. Every adult is an idiot. Yeah, every adult's an idiot, and nothing but sass. You're sassing, nothing but sass from the kids towards the adults. And I don't know how, uh, yeah, the, the, those kids would have gotten, uh, back in the day, it would have been a swift, <laughs> swift backhand from some of the, from some of the comments. Well, because the shows, you know, DCOMs are always like sitcoms from 20, 30 years ago. Like yeah. in, the way they're, in the way they're formatted, just in the three-camera thing, like to set up, knock down the plots. Yeah. It's, it's all like... Really old sitcom stuff. They evolved a little bit in that the, the, the early ones were totally disrespectful to adults all the time, like the original Zack and Cody, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then as they evolved, the parents became part of the shtick. So then when you get to like a good luck Charlie, the parents are in on it. They get into mischief as much as the kids. Yeah, the parents are on that show. That's where the dad got swole, right? Wasn't oh, that, yeah. He got, yeah. In between seasons, he came back and he was like, Boom. he used to be, you know, he, he went from dad bod to, you know, <laughs> rad to, bod. Rad bod. <laughs> well, because the, the, the shows are all insult humor uh, primarily, yeah. right? So almost everything is just like zing, 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 zing. What's the intellectual bent gets me crazy. Um, and, and, you know, what's amazing about the DCOMs is that the way they dress them, the way the wardrobe works, you can't tell what decade it is. <laughs> and since we're now in a digital thing where, like, you watch an old sitcom and it's not yellow and degraded, yeah. mm-hmm. you, like, Viva has no idea what show is currently on and what show went off the air in 2014 <laughs> or 2008. Right, which actors are dead. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Because they're all wearing every color at once, that crazy Disney Channel thing where they're yes. wearing a, a thousand layers. They're wearing boots with tights with shorts over them, with a long sleeve shirt, with a short sleeve shirt over it, with a jacket over the top or a vest over the top. <laughs> Everybody all the time, and it's all every pattern, every color. So you don't know if it's 80s, if it's 90s, if it's aughts, or if it's th- you know teens, right? Yeah. Um, but I, this is what's weird, other than things we've already talked about, about these, these shows. <laughs> So, and we just, Joel, you just said that like Disney is very, Disney tends to be progressive with regard to sexuality. Like they have gay day at the parks and you watch these shows and you can tell that damn near all the actors are gay, right? The the ones that are the handsome boy heroes are just about ready to float away. The ones that play (laughs) the goofy sidekicks are very gay. Yeah. And, but there's never gay characters. Never. Like DCOMs exist in a world where no one is gay. Where the actors are obviously gay, but the characters are never gay. And that's, and, yeah, I can't think of a single one. And all the shows are so horny. Like, all, <laughs> all the main characters are so boy crazy. 
And they're all about relationships and will you get to kiss somebody and will you go steady? And I think it's because they appeal to tweens. Mm-hmm. You know, they appeal to people who are younger than the character, than the actors in the yeah. show so that it's aspirational. Yes. It's all. Yes. Absolutely. So if they're teens, none of the shows are for teens. No, but they start teens, but they're for people who want to be teens. Mm hmm. And they're all completely horned up in this weird coded way. And like in Descendants, they get married just like back in the day, the Boy Meets World. They got married in high school on the show, you know. Yeah, um, and now we're watching Girl Meets World. Okay. And it's all about how this girl likes this boy and how they're going to kiss and everything else. And every one of these shows is so horned up like this. And it feels like, <laughs> uh, you know how, you know how, uh, like the religious right feel like everything has a gay agenda and then everything's like gay indoctrination like everything's going to turn your kid gay i actually feel like these shows are trying to turn your kids straight (laughs) and i don't mean straight but i mean like they have this like really hard charging heteronormative agenda yeah like trying to prime their adolescence button thank you that's it They're like, we need to get you horny. We need to teach you what horny is right. and get you just crazy about like, yeah. to, like you need to be where you can't focus in class because you're so like nuts for that kid who's sitting two rows over. And I think it's very weird. There's that weird storyline in Girl Meets World where the best friend has a crush on uh, Corey's little brother. Like the bit like uh, on Boy Meets World, they had a baby towards the end of the show, you know? And so she's like, what, I, I guess 16 and he's like 19, like he's a freshman in college or something. That's a story. And, and like, there's this whole storyline of her having this huge crush on him and talking about how, you know, eventually the age, age difference won't matter or something like that. And it's, it's very disturbing. Like it's, again, it, it's priming that pump and it's, that's priming the wrong pump. Like. Getting yeah. a sixteen-year-old girl like, no, you should, you're, you're, you shoot for the nineteen-year-old. That's it. That's what I'm talking about. I, I feel, I like, I don't know what their stake. I mean, I guess maybe that's cool, and they need to have this. I think, yeah, I mean, they're just trying to, they're trying to have them, they're just trying to have the most mass appeal at once that they can. So they are picking a group, and they're just going with it. So they're going for heterosexual preteen girls who, you know, will get invested in this. So if my kid keeps watching these, she's going to end up horny and wearing too many layers. Yeah, absolutely. Who, who writes these, by the way? Like, these aren't... I'm assuming that these aren't the, the Harvard grads that, you know, want to make it big in, in Hollywood as writers. You know what I mean? Like, it's not the guys who go to SNL and, you know, what's-his-face, who does Weekend I'd be interested to know. I really don't. And, and I'm assuming that most of them are... I don't know if they tend to share writers or writers move from show to show because right. they sure do have a formula over there. I mean, well, every TV show has a formula, right? But yeah, I mean, these are dipped in this formula. Is, this is the, yeah, this is the, the Disney formula. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's probably what you're saying about costumes. It's probably intentional. If you, if you have something like Disney plus, do you want kids to look like they're wearing clothes from 2006? No, you, you need to make them all look like, they're just on Disney. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. They exist in a timeless land of of Disney. Could be said for like a Hallmark Channel, right? Like they write those movies, and oh, they're they all the same, mm-hmm. and the same type of writers. And you can take a movie that was made twenty years ago and pop it in today, and still, you know, I'm banned. Make it I'm, good. I'm banned from commenting on the Hallmark movies when Kelly has them on because I can't. <laughs> oh, help. No, she's like, don't don't say it because she's like, I know it's stupid, but it's. 
it's just on in the background like she's but yeah it's uh it's that's bad the home. I don't understand I watch it and it just it's so dumb it just allows me to relax I don't understand yeah, that that's the, that's what it is and I think I don't know like it's so you don't have to pay attention if you don't want to but you'll still know what's going on because it's always the same thing going on Right you've already seen this movie 15 times Yeah Yeah I mean I certainly watch things you know, Empire Strikes Back and stuff. Like, I watch things I've seen a million times. Uh, Three Amigos, Caddyshack, Tombstone. Like, mm-hmm. all the normal... Well, I mean, you can tell my age, race, and gender by the movies I just watched, right? But but I don't think they're bad. You know, I don't watch them because they're bad. And, like, yeah, Melissa does that. She'll watch things because they're awful and she it, it helps her calm down. But when I watch things that are awful, I do not calm down. Like, no. <laughs> no, I, I try to watch things that have some sort of artistic or cultural significance. Yeah, I can't fathom yeah, but, sitting down for an hour and a half yeah. and watching something that you I have zero. Ex- you have low. You have zero expectations. Oh, I just can't. But preteen girls are not watching a, a show because of the camera direction and because of the writing. No, right? well, it doesn't mean they can't though. Like yeah. you know, you just you say that. Oh my god, but Girl Meets World is edited so poorly, sometimes I can't tell what they're trying to do. <laughs> like sometimes I can't even tell what the joke is. It seems like maybe they've looped like they've they've done filmed entire reaction shots in post and then looped them in. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a, truly a, a, like a I don't I don't have any like I would expect like Joel, I would expect you to be horrified by this thing, but I don't even know what I'm looking at and I can tell it's made poorly. So well, do, you but, chi- do you chime in then and say stuff to Viva? Like when she, she's watching one of these shows, like, oh, that was stupid. What are they doing? Like, like, or do you just like... The relationship stuff, we it. have to frequently pause. I mean, she hates watching television with us because we're constantly pausing <laughs> and telling her what isn't woke. Oh, we're insufferable. We're insufferable. <laughs> you can't tell I'm insufferable to be around. And so she wants to like take an iPad and go hide under the porch and watch TV so that we'll stop giving her life lessons. Like, we're Mr. Feeney. <laughs> <laughs> the talking car noticed in the hallmark movies that they haven't figured out how to write a rom-com-ish hallmark movie that doesn't follow the same formula where everything's based on like a misunderstanding or jump to conclusion even though everything could be avoided with the cell phones now but they somehow oh he left his cell phone at home or he blocked all of his call. like now they create these things that no right, one ever he does can't to pay his bill yeah <laughs> so now they need to create reasons why the people it doesn't why they can't be reached through their cell phone even though that would easily solve the problem that they're creating and so now they're constantly coming up with reasons why people don't have their cell phones on them or like he like there's a misunderstanding and he thought I was getting engaged to someone else and now he's blocked my number. Like, well, people, you don't, that's not, that's, you know. That's not a thing people do. not a thing people do. Well, Todd, um, you've always been allergic to the idiot plot. Like, you've always, I, I've seen you for now for 20, 30 years scream at televisions, just explain to each other the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it drives me nuts. And there, that is, they, they live on that. They live on the misunderstanding, <laughs> you know, the jump to conclusions. Yeah. And then, like, r- jump to a conclusion and, and walk away. And that's what, and that's what those thrive on. It I, I wish they'd at least make it like they do something halfway intelligent. And just if you're not going to have cell phones, set every Hallmark movie in like 1983. Just have it as like a rule. They're self-aware at this point. They have ads that actually make fun of the fact that they're crappy movies. 
And I've heard and, I've, there's been lines in the movies where they make fun of Hallmark movies in the movie. Yeah, like they know they know what's going on, and they're not even trying anymore. It's their slogan, Hallmark <laughs> Channel. We're, we're not, not even trying. <laughs> <laughs> Well, folks, it's time for another episode of the Paternity Test to try to sell pizza without the attendant robots and ball pits. Like our page on Facebook, on Instagram at the Paternity Test, and on Twitter at the Dad Test. Catch us in Chicago Parent Magazine and tell your friends about the show. They seem sad. All right, everybody, remember, stay off my street unless you're here to battle my Bulbasaur. And until next time, best of luck passing the Paternity Test. Paternity Test.